Hello, and welcome to the Quick and Dirty Podcast. I am your host, Chris, and with me is Katie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Today we have a guest. Um, I don't know how... Uh... Our, guest, our <laughs> guest name is, is Kelly. She's our dear friend, um, and she has a, a fascinating life history. Mm. She is the mother of five beautiful children. Thank you. And she was a nurse for many years. And half of it she worked in labor and delivery, and the other half she worked in hospice. So both ends of the spectrum. And then somewhere in there she had all her babies and then um, took a yoga teacher training and um, started learning, right, about cranial sacral and polarity and all kinds of wonderful body-mind therapies. Um, and she's super hip to all the things, to, you know, healthy food and juicing and conscious relationships and everything. So we are going to just have an intellectual discussion <laughs> today between the three of us. Love it. Love it. All right. Um, so I kind of, like, had... This thing happened the other day that inspired this, hey, let's do this podcast with this way. Because, okay, so I got divorced six years ago. And, you know, the end of it was, like, not pleasant, as most monogamous relationships ending aren't. And my grandma died last week and so my ex-husband who i divorced six years ago sent me a message on facebook and was just like hey i saw your grandma died she was really great lady you know love to you and your family like it was really sweet and you know how facebook messenger works where i read that message and so right above it was the last message (laughs) which was six years ago like in the heat of the divorce so i was like oh god do i even want to so i scrolled up and i read it it was a message from me to him and it was like i still love you i i don't want this to be over i still want to be your wife i am your wife i will never love again (laughs) yikes i mean and i like I remember, like, I meant that, you know, like, I just so meant that in that message, and um, it got Chris and I just talking about how we make those grand statements, Um, and I think often we attribute, like, the drama and the overreaction to, like, teenagers or or young people, but it's like, no, adults do the same thing. You know, I did that as a grown-ass woman saying that. Um, and recently I have a friend, grown-ass woman friend, getting divorced who's like, I, I just don't even, I'm never going to love again. And I almost laughed at her. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You're 29 years old. Like, you're going to love again. Like, but what? You're going to love that, again next week. Right. <laughs> but it was like so real for her. Like, I'm never going to love again. And it's like, why? Even with like proven track record of loving and then breaking up and then loving and breaking up it's still like every every time like a major relationship ends we we say that and we believe it in that moment you know for sure and so why well i think people get hung up on the idea that there's like one true love out there for them and when they meet that person and they get married they think at the time that this is their one true love but really that doesn't make any sense like on a, on a human level at all because 
Meanwhile, we have this one true love, but we're walking around, going to the grocery store, and staring at everybody that we see, and being attracted to everybody that we see. So, like, clearly, attraction still exists, regardless of whether love is there. But, like, it just doesn't make any sense that there would just be one true love for anybody. It's not... It doesn't work that way. Like, you can fall in love with anybody. You can actually... I've, I've heard of situations where you go through this, like first date protocol where you ask each other these specific questions you kind of go down this list and by the end of the date you'll be like really attached to that person and you'll be like in love with that person and it's so it's literally that easy to like fall in love with somebody so the whole notion that you'll never love again is just so insanely ridiculous it doesn't make any sense at all that's that's possible but I think too like I think that just the history from whenever it started that monogamy and marriage were in place like that's just incorporated into our dna it's really hard right. to so hard to to be open to a different viewpoint of that well okay but when you say incorporated in our dna i mean is it really because cuz naturally we don't mate for life right cuz but is monogamy old enough yeah. That our generation, well, it's encoded. That's a good point. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I know that pretty much the majority of the population is on board for this weird, fantastical, fantasy idea of, like, my person's out there. Right. I'm going to meet them. They should never look at anyone else. I should never look at anyone else. And let's just, like, live this life. And Well, and you, like, promise each other that, and then you look at other people, and you're like, oh, maybe this isn't right. Right. Oh, the passion has died. Oh, oh, and it's, and no, it's normal, it's natural, and nobody talks about it, and we just make up all this weird shit in our mind. But did you do that when you, when your major relationships ended? Did you feel like, oh, I'm never going to have that again, or I'm never going to... I, mean, I think I think I did a little bit. It's pretty universal, I feel like. Because, and especially as you age, I mean, I'm going into my fifth decade on the planet, so I think as you age and you get to know who you are a little bit deeper, that you open yourself up to, like, I'm just going to be me, and I'm just going to show that to someone, and I'm going to show that to me, and I'm going to walk in my truth, and I'm going to expose myself to things I haven't done before in hopes that I'll be deep, more deeply connected with somebody, and I won't risk the the idea of losing that or right. something. So yeah, I think as you age, it gets a little funkier because you know, just even on the timeline, you're looking at a timeline. You go, shit, I don't want to fucking die alone. I don't want to be. Right. <laughs> I want to kind of grow old with somebody, right? But I jacked up all that other stuff in the previous years or it it died or faded or had its evolution right and now I really I don't want to be alone interesting okay I have another question do you think that despair like the the absolute and total despair and drama and just like my heart's slaughtered into a million pieces thing is um a byproduct of monogamy because um, when we're in a monogamous relationship where it's 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 just that one other person and generally I mean you could say this was kind of major too but generally married monogamous couples hang out with other married monogamous couples and so when a monogamous relationship ends not only do you have n- no other partner 
but you lose all those friends. Right. They Even if you think, oh, that would never happen to me, it just does. It does. Because as a single person, you're not going to do the hang out with the couples thing. I mean, it just uh, it just doesn't. You know, there's an evolution, and and so it's like you lose so much. You lose your partner. You use you lose your social life. You lose your community because it was all tied into your relationship with that one person. But polyamory, or open relationships, or other forms of non-monogamy, all your eggs are not in one basket. And so, even if one of your relationship ends, you know, it's not so tragic. Um, and polyamorous people are generally more community minded, so they've they've got all kinds of connections and all you know they they have their own hobbies, their own lives, their own stuff that they're doing. They're just kind of more naturally like that. And so, if one of their relationships ends, even if it's the main one, the major one, it's their whole life doesn't fall apart. They still have their identity, like they. Right. <clears throat> I think, and you know? I think in terms of what you're talking about with polyamory. I haven't ever seen an example of it before, you guys, and so it's a new idea, but I think um, in my situation it was a little different and probably considered pretty radical at the time, but my ex-husbands, and I have two, I had um, eight marriages with both, and we are still deeply connected and integrated, and we're all part of the same fabric, and we have Christmases together and Thanksgivings Mm. together, and we... You know, the end, like the demise of our relationship, I guess my wishes for their happiness and joy was not um, dependent on whether or not I was their life partner. And and then for me, too. It's like, I still want you to have a great life and existence. And because our thing died, that shouldn't have any impact on what your experience is. So... In some ways, we've been a little bit different than most divorced couples that I see out there or families because we're pretty weird. You know, we're one step away from Saturday barbecues, and <laughs> we probably would do that if we were in closer proximity. But but don't you think that's healthy? Like, not I, I weird. Do. I think, I it's, think healthy. it's totally healthy. I think why in the world would you spend your life with somebody that you deeply loved and trusted enough to whatever procreate with or just spend your life with and then if there's something that goes awry that you say fuck you I want your life to be horrible and I want you to just stay away from me and I don't want you to have happiness and I don't want you to have joy and I don't want you to be part of my world that's nuts well it's a defensive reaction it is yeah it's like injuries yeah it's childhood injuries well and two I mean I don't I don't mean to like keep talking about monogamy like it's this horrible thing it can be wonderful and and people can do it um evolved and healthy and 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 great just like polyamory it doesn't mean polyamory is always people fuck that up and do that all kinds of weird fucking ways totally and people do it healthy so it's just you know but it's it's seems more associated with monogamy the concept of just a communication breakdown and so at the end of the relationship it's not like a conscious ending. It's like a, a fuck you or... And so there's all these unanswered questions and there's no closure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all those questions and all that just sort of like... All those loose ends, that becomes your baggage. And then you carry that... Next. That energy next. right into the next thing. Because you can't discharge it until right. you, you either find peace with it within yourself, which most people just don't have the tools to do. 
or you are able to have a discourse with that person like a normal human and, and, you know, talk about it. That's my favorite thing about you guys. I think that's why I feel so gravitated towards you in general with friendships and just wanting to spend time with you because you guys have unsheathed or you've like peeled back some layers that the majority of the world hasn't figured out yet. And that's to find, um, you know, to like retrace and go back to the seed and go, wait a minute, why am I jacking you up right now over... Uh, the toilet seat or I don't know whatever you have found some kind of honest um, you know path to discovering when I when I'm overreacting or when I'm launching all my crazy weapons on you it goes back to something right I'm not wrong you're not wrong I'm not right you're not right but like where's this origin because it's not random yeah what the heck is going on why am I fucking punishing you for chocolate pudding or whatever right (laughs) no it's so true and i think that's really unique and to me that's the most interesting thing that i want to tap into i think that you guys have got um you know i don't know if you have a grasp on it i think you do but it's certainly worth reteaching or exploring for everyone just quit thinking that your right is the only right right and be open to healing each other in a relationship wouldn't that be something well, right, and and I feel like, too, um, well, I guess going back to the baggage thing is it's like, so you've got your bags full of all your shit, and, and you build your barriers based on what is in those bags that you're afraid of, so you're going to say things like, I'll never date another man from a Catholic family, I'll never date <laughs> right. another stockbroker, I'll never, and it's like... But that doesn't make you any safer or, like, no. any more... Imme- that makes it worse, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, or... And what if we all just, like, said... Because I... Just to give, like, a really cliche fight that happens all the time where, you know... I mean, I'll use your example from the other day without being too weird, but where the, you know, mom is like, hey, can you watch the baby tomorrow? And the dad's like why no what Uh uh-uh and it's like but what if both of you guys just said like what if the mom was like I need to go and do this it's important to me and the dad was like I'm really uncomfortable I don't want to be alone with the baby like I you know I'm just a little scared it's going to be our first time and I don't really know and you're going to take the boob with you and uh you know it's like wouldn't that have such a different reaction if the if the guy said that instead of just no well, I don't know who the fuck are you to go, you know, it's like, because then it makes her defensive. Like, can't I please have a little bit of yeah. time to myself? Yeah. Please? Right. Well, and then if the dad just said, I'm afraid to be alone with the baby, that would just so soften the mom. You can't help but be like, oh, you're great. Oh, tell me what, no, I'll show you every, like, what are you, I'll show you exactly what to do. I'll leave you milk. I'll, here's, you can call me. I'll come sure. back if you need me. Like, that would just be such different energy, you know? Just having, I think, the mantra of, we're on the same team. Yeah. Come on. Like, we're together. Right. In monogamy or polyamory or whatever is your gig. Right. Like, just be on the same team. and right. You, oh, it sounded like no, you sorry. maybe were going to say something. <laughs> but even, like, I mean, even we just, it's like we were sitting on the porch earlier, and I was like, you were just on the futon on your laptop for three and a half hours like you don't you want to stretch or like move your body or like you know and it's like I feel like that could have turned 
if that was like a normal couple probably would have been like a huge fight but Mm -hmm. I was like I just want you to care I want you to be conscious of movement I want you to want to be healthy it's sexy to me when you practice self-care and so that's why I'm even asking you Mm -hmm. like don't you want to touch your toes right now you've been on that futon for three hours (laughs) you know and I was like that's not really attractive to me so if that same thing is going to happen tomorrow maybe you could just mix in like getting up once an hour and drinking some kombucha or you know because because that's attractive to me. That's like a conscious man. It's attractive too because it kind of symbolizes like, yeah, I want to extend my life and be with you. Yeah. I think that would be really great to spend a right. few more decades with you instead right. of dying of a heart attack. Right. Yeah. Totally. But but just to like cultivate that level of, of expression. Because um, I think a lot of people, I mean, like kind of like you were saying earlier, they just don't even, they don't even have the tools. They don't even know themselves well enough to even be able to explain that to their partner. They're just upset that he sat on the futon all day. Yeah. But they can't even like. I mean, the deal is that most people think that their version of reality is the truth. Right. And there is no truth. No. There's no truth. Like there's a gazillion different versions of what people think is valid normal behavior and this is what you do and if you don't do what I think is normal then you're fucked and you're crazy and we need to correct that and if you don't correct it then I'll just keep thinking you're nuts right and it'll just keep getting worse (laughs) and we'll keep having this different versions of the same fight yeah I mean I've played that game myself so I know what it looks like right it's just not a healthy idea it's beyond like intimate relationships too though it's about going deeper it's how willing are you to take a look at yourself and trace things back like we said trace Mm -hmm. them back to their origin like i mean you don't have to know the deal you don't have to know that in sixth grade your whatever your teacher told you your drawing sucked or i don't know like you don't have to know where the injury came from i one of my mentors gary strauss always says like you don't. If you throw all your shit in a hefty bag and you take it out to the trash, you don't have to open it up and go, oh, chicken bones, eggs, <laughs> right. like, here's my right. sock. Right. I couldn't find the mate, too. Just throw the shit away totally. and, like, have a nice little clean start. It's possible and it's probably preferable. Just uh, clean up your life. And, and that's, to me, what you guys are so dedicated to doing that I admire so much because we really... Even as we age, it's like we really just want our truth to be the real one. And we don't want to bend, and we don't want to flex, and we don't want to create um, a new idea around something. It's like, no, if I if I open up my grip, then I might crumble. You know, I want everyone to be on board with what my idea of the truth is, or right. else what else, what can I do? So, well, and I think people, too, like change wanting to change craving a change equals failure Mm. you know interesting and so it's not like embrace change um it's like well what i'm you know i've got this job and now i want to do something different so that means i failed versus like no i'm just want to do something different yeah i just want to do something different i don't need to explain it to anybody i'm just following my own fluid you know instincts and it's not right or wrong or what you should do, or you should do, because that's a thing, too. It's like, you know, I don't know if we're all accountants, and we're all besties, and then one of us, like, goes and travels the world for a year, that's going to trigger 
all, all the rest of us to <laughs> yeah. be like, that threatens it. What's he saying? What? I'm still an accountant. What that must mean. He think. I mean, you know, yeah. and it's He's like, just lost his ever loving mind. Yeah. And so we have to justify it and put all our weird shit, you know, on people. Oh, have you saved enough money? What are you going to do when you get back? You're leaving this job. What if you come home and don't find another one? And it's like, that's all your stuff. Right. I actually already worked through all that. And that's why I'm doing it. Right. Um, I think, t- I think with age, with aging, that there comes a little bit of tightness and constrictedness because you, you know, mortality is part of it. You, you're hoping that something that you've created the last five or six or seven decades right. is going to provide you with security and safety. Like, shit, I hope I got it right because right. it's almost over. And... You know, that's true for some people. And then for some people, it's like, I just want to, like for myself, I just want to break through everything that I thought was okay or normal or the way or Mm -hmm. this is the truth. Like, I just want to fucking knock all that down and go, am I sure? I don't know. I don't think that's true anymore. And that's for religion and politics and family and roles and love and all of it, I think. Why not? What Do you really want to just go to your grave already embedded in concrete and just right just clunk 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 I died right I'm dead that's it yeah the end because that's you know I've been with a lot you know hundreds of people probably when they die and that's definitely I think that's definitely the thing you know at the end of life is that people go shit I did not listen to me I didn't I had these thoughts or these feelings or these things I wanted to do and I just I was not I was too scared and I just thought no I think I'm on the right path but right. it's yeah it's weird because like I was talking to a friend the other day who's divorced and she was talking about how she was telling everybody having to tell everybody and go through like that she was divorced yeah uh-huh. and her explanation and everybody was shocked and needed to know why and um, I was just like, God, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> um, but also, like, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. I didn't ask anybody when I got divorced. Right. I didn't... My, I mean, my close friends around me, it wasn't a shock to them because they kind of saw it coming and all that kind of stuff, you know? Right. But to, it's not like I made cards and was like, oh, oh wait, uh, I'm divorced now. Let me tell you, you my You want to have lunch? <laughs> Why? I'm getting divorced. So just, you know, do you want to judge me now? Or, like, I just don't even, I don't even know. But with, like, anything that I do, it's just, like, it's none of your business. Like, it doesn't even, yeah. it's not even, like, a conscious, like, it's none of your business. Right. It's like, whose is it but mine? It's mine. I'm not telling you to get divorced. That's not so much the world we're in, though. No. I know. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But I try to live by example, too, and that's the thing. It's like, you can do it, and you can do it and have, like, a full life. Because I think that's what people are afraid of, too. They're like, oh, well, if I really got real, I'd have no friends and nobody because there's, you know, everyone. see who I really was. Yeah, yeah. That would suck. And everybody's kind of an asshole, and so if I, you know, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, maybe, like, for a minute, but then you'd have, like, all this space. Yeah. For like real people to come in. You're you guys are both really good at that at not being probers. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Probers, but yeah. you know like <laughs> it's like holding holding space whatever the overused term of the century. You guys are really really good at 
just letting people have their thing and then being there if it wants to open or not digging if it doesn't and just letting it be. It's such a lost art. It's amazing to me what a huge hurdle it is for most people to be true to themselves and to live 100% open and honest and not try to like hide who they are or mask themselves in some way or present themselves in a way that they're not like everybody has to do that on some level and it's it's actually so much easier and so much more freeing I feel like to like let yourself out of that but like nobody can kind of jump over that nobody can get through that door it's just like such a huge block for them to even wrap their heads around it or even try to do it and, and it kind of was for me too um, but I you know Katie helped me and I had some other friends that helped me kind of kick me through that and kind of continually encourage me to but it's amazing how much like more free you feel and how much more just comfortable in your own skin and it it just sort of fosters so much more growth and and connection with yourself and with everybody around you when you can be 100% who you are and not have to try and pretend to be somebody you're not Um, and I did that for so long for so many years and it's just I think that's what most people do yeah honestly well Okay, and so they do it, right, because they're afraid to be who they really are because they won't be like, they won't they're be like, they'll whatever. They're afraid to be whatever. judged, yeah, and, primarily. And, and don't you think that most of us also are like, oh, I can't do that, it would upset my mother. Oh, I can't yeah. do that, my um, dad. And it's like they, they make everyone else's like emotional stability their problem when mm-hmm. really it's like you don't know how do you know your mom would freak out <laughs> how do you know your dad wouldn't like that you're like yeah. deciding that all yeah. if you say it's going to be like that it's going to be like that it's as weird as you make it yeah, and that's just part of like your personal evolution whether you have parents alive or not and i'm sometimes guilty of being grateful for being an orphan like i'm <laughs> fucking so happy that not that my parents were people that would really give a shit about me going hey i want to do a new career or what yeah. i'm leaving my husband my parents wouldn't have been like what? You but can't. I, <laughs> I know people my age and older that are like still trapped in that whole thing, just like they were 12 years old of, oh my God, my I can't do that. My mom or my dad would just flip out or my family mm-hmm. will not understand it or I can't explain that to them. I think, oh my God, what a ridiculous prison. Right. Why, did, why would you want to live your life? I did that to myself for a long time. I, I was did. like, that was kind of the last straw. It was like my family, you know, like... I'm going to offend a bunch of people in my family for being who I am. but And really kind of what ultimately I think got me over that hump was just convincing myself that, you know, people out there, famous people like, for example, like George Carlin or Louis C.K. would have never become who they were if they were worried about like what their mom thought about what they had right. to say or worried about <laughs> using offensive language or something like that. And yet they they have become hugely influential, you know, cultural icons that that right. that helped so many people along the way. And and that's what you have to do. You have to just kind of put yourself out there and you can't worry about what your mom thinks. Even though you care what your mom thinks, you can't let it get in your way. Well, you, you know, you have you to be your own more. person. Yeah, I was going to say you can't care more about what she said or thinks than what how you care right. about what you think, right. you know, what your walk is in the world. Right. And that's, to me, like, that could be such an enormous evolution, for sure, of this generation, is just having some conscious parents that are raising their kids not to live their lives for them. Right. What are you doing? Like, live your lives for you. I I could give a shit what my kids do. Right. I I want them to be kind, (laughs) 
good human beings and I want them to like be happy if that's possible but I don't have an attachment to you know what their sexual life looks like or their professional looks like life looks like or you know if they're following the mores and the norms of society fuck that I like go live your life and be a joyful good kind human being right and don't report back to me please imagine how many people would be so much better off if their parents came to them and were like look you can do whatever you want. I love you. I respect you. You're a wonderful human being. Just don't worry about it. Just be yourself. Forget it. What if they did that with their relations? What if everyone did that not just with their kids, but their partners and their friends and their, like, you know, just their prof- their coworkers in God's name? Like, what if you just went, you know what? Enjoy your life. It's none of my business. Yeah. I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to love you anyway. We yeah. used to play a little game like that when my kids were little. I go... Uh, what do you think that you could do that would make me stop loving you? Aww. <laughs> and we would get pretty like into these ridiculous details, but like, could if you robbed a bank and you done that and you crashed the car and the building set on fire, would I stop loving you? And I go, no, I'm not. That's not right. going to make me stop loving you. Come on, I'm always going to love you. I'm not going to like your things that you pick, maybe, but whatever. Right. I'm here. I'm on your team. I remember when I was like, I don't know, 17, and I, the vehicle, like my truck that I was driving was mine, but it was like in my dad's name or some, I don't even, whatever. But so I rear-ended somebody and just took off. Like, (laughs) I rear-ended them as they were like making a right turn, and so I was able to just like... I didn't know what to do. I just sped the fuck out of there. I got on the freeway, drove like 20 miles. You know, I was like, ah. and you know, whatever, like went back home. And, um, I don't know, maybe like a week later, my dad called and he was like, Katie, did you, uh, did you do a little hit and run? And I was like, no, no. Well, I, I loaned my truck to my friend Melissa that night. Let, no, you, like I couldn't even, you know? And then he was like, well, there's this, you know, detective that, like, is probably... And so then the detective called, and then he came over, and he looks at my stupid truck, and there's, you know, That's scuff great. marks on it. it. Like, it wasn't a very thorough lie. Yeah. And then, you know, I had to call my dad and be like, Dad, I lied, and then I lied to you, and then... And then and he's like, what? Why mm. is it so stupid? Like, it's not really a big deal, and, like, you know, but it's like even... If, why do we... But it's like we do that. You know, we think it's going to be like a million times worse. Right. And this horrible hit-and-run human, and my dad's going to hate my guts now. And, yeah. You know, but... That fear is what keeps us paralyzed in almost yeah. every event. Just yeah. The, just the thought of how bad it's going to be, and then right. you walk through it and go, oh, for crying out loud, I've been holding that for 20 years? Yeah. That was easy. Right. So much easier than just saying what's true. Well, and how come we don't, like, err on the side of things being awesome, you know? Well, why not? Why is it always like, oh, this, this, and this? And it's like, well, yeah, but what if it's not? What if it goes well, and you're successful, and everybody loves you, and you win that? I mean, it's like, why do we paralyze ourselves with the negative what-ifs? It's that silly thought that, you you know, if you equip yourself with the worst-case scenario, then you'll be at least slightly prepped. You'll have all the equipment needed because I've already done the worst case scenario. (laughs) Right. Okay, like she gets in a bloody, fiery accident, so 
I know that I'll call this person for, you know, you can't imagine all the ridiculous things, especially when you have uh, five lives that you're vulnerable to, or two or one or whatever, where you go, oh my gosh, I need to prep myself for like infinite numbers of horrible things to happen so that if they do, I'm going to be okay. Right. Everything will be fine. I just... That's ludicrous. It's nuts. Yeah. It's not even effective Mm-mm. it's not real it's not real it's all in your head like oh my gosh what will i do if my children live to be super happy adults right what would that be like <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it something mark manson said something like people who are the most comfortable with disappointment are the ones who end up being the most successful I mean, that sounds like something he would say. And it's so true. I wish there was ways people could exercise being disappointed, you know, like to condition themselves to sort of deal with that better on a regular basis. Well, and even it's like, why, why is it a disappointment? Like just because you plan for something and it doesn't work out, um, you know, oh, so naive, but what if it wasn't meant to work out? And there's something else going on that you you don't know now. To, to presume that like we know everything is just so it's exhausting, ignorant and too. Because mm-hmm. I think about all the coolest shit that's happened to me, all kinds of cool shit in my life. Never in a million years could I have imagined any of it no. in my little small fucking mind. Right. You know, right? And so it's like, and the same is true for the dark side. Yeah, you know? I think mm-hmm. that too. If you, if yeah. someone showed you a film of your next fifty years, you'd go, uh, uh-uh. uh. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't want to know anything in advance. <laughs> you know, but it's just all information. I think that's the piece that we forget is that. Yeah, it's that whole yin and yang concept too. Just it, it's not this one and this one. It's we're all of that. It's all. It's full of tragedy and heartbreak and you know ecstasy and joy and all of it and it's just information and it doesn't need to have a a devastating charge or outcome and it doesn't need to have you don't need to lose your shit over things that aren't you know right it's all just life you know what else fucking irritates me (laughs) is um (laughs) when people are like uh like who did this the other day oh someone private messaged me and was like I was going to RSVP to your Christmas party, but I'm Facebook friends with some coworkers, and I just couldn't. So I'm telling you in a private message. Because you couldn't say, I'm going to yeah, the... because God forbid her coworkers even fucking saw it and even gave a shit, you know? But with stuff like that, it's like so layered for me because I'm like, okay, first of all, you're kind of a coward. Second of all, you're just being overdramatic. That's not even real. How do you know your coworkers aren't cool as shit? And third of all, it's people like you doing shit like that that is perpetuating our tiny, sterile, rigid society because we assume everybody's like that. Right. You know? And so it, it especially with, I mean, polyamory, just because I am polyamorous and so it's a, a topic for me, but when people aren't out, and I'm like, it's never going to change if you aren't right. just, if we don't normalize it, the people that are doing it. No one else cares. We're the ones doing it. Like, mm-hmm. we just have to normalize it. Yeah, I think, I mean, and how interested are you in dumb shit like that? Not. Do you, when you see, not just you, but in even just the normal beige people. Yeah. Like, if you see somebody that says, 
I'm going to a topless swim party, or I don't know, whatever. Like whatever what do you the even thing do is, with who it? cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> and the people that are like messaging each other right away and going, "Did you see the party she's going to?" I cannot believe it. Right. What? Thank God you just cleansed yourself of that. Right. Totally. Take, take a nice little bath and wash that shit off. Well, and just like, like you were saying about George Carlin and Louis C.K., it's like if you. If you just blend in, you're never going to stand out. You're never going to attract anything interesting. You're just going to attract a lifetime of the same boring shit. Because right. no one's going to really see you. So what is there to even gravitate towards? If you're just like this neutral floating bob just trying to keep everybody happy. Yeah. That's not interesting. That's not inspiring. That's not exciting. That's not changing anything. It's not growth. It's I mean, not growth. You can't... You can't build muscle in your body unless you tear it up a little. Right. And that's true for all, um, the whole bandwidth of life. You've got to shred a little bit and it hurts and we have such fear around shredding our emotional body or our spiritual body, but you have to. You can't get bigger. You can't become wiser. You can't have a bigger capacity or outreach for people unless you shred shit up a little bit. You have to. I think another way to say that too is a lot of people I feel like are conditioned to aspire to comfort as opposed to aspire right. to like growth. And I, you can't have growth if you're comfortable. If you're just sitting in your cozy room in your comfortable chair in your nice house doing the same thing every day, that's not going to inspire any kinds of growth. You have to take yourself out of that. You have to put, take yourself out of your comfort zone. You have to like do things that like cause you to react differently than what you're used to. Um, and that's where growth happens and that's where inspiration happens. And, and people don't think about it like that at all. They think I need to get a good job. I need to make a bunch of money so that I can create this like comfortable shell around me, this false sense of security. But really it's just killing them. It's not, it's not creating this, this scenario where they can evolve and grow and adapt and, and become better than they are. They just kind of want to become the same and stay the same and never grow well and they're just lying dormant and And so i know but i yeah exactly and as a society i feel like we need to get around it the goal shouldn't be to like establish comfort the goal should be to grow and evolve and i think it's the lack of that that's really mm -hmm. troubling right now and Mm -hmm. even with you guys you know with traveling and going uh well outside your comfort level not going to miami (laughs) Or South Padre Island. Nothing <laughs> against those two places, but it's like you just do get a you just get a bigger perspective when you go go somewhere that is unfathomable that you would never think of going, and go somewhere where you can see that what the rest of the ninety eight percent of the world is living like. Right. Stretch outside of Scottsdale malls and things like that, so that you totally. can understand how little you are, really. Yeah. And. Yeah, because it just humbles you. And that's a good state to be in, too. Mm-hmm. But also, like, growing and changing and all that stuff doesn't have to be... Like, I think people view it as a negative thing and don't want to do it because they think, like, growth and change equals... Um, or or that it's terrible. It's got you know, a little catas- yeah. you know, catastrophe around but it. But <laughs> it's like you can grow and change and be having an awesome time while you're doing it. It doesn't mean, like you know, you're going to be really uncomfortable and sad and just never be settled and blah, 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 you know. So they're they're just so afraid to shake up their, their routine. Yeah, and I think it's about just 
It's actually about creating new habits because change happens our entire lifetimes and we create these rituals around when something's uncomfortable. Like I told you, I just stayed in bed all day today Mm -hmm. because I'm right in the middle of this huge change in my life. And so I went, I don't don't know. I'm just going to sleep for a little while and see (laughs) if that goes away. And it doesn't go away. You know, I mean, it's not bad to to sleep and, and try to get a new perspective for tomorrow morning, but... At the same time, it's like, no, like, pull up your bootstraps and go right on. I feel change. And you know something cool is coming. Even if something cool isn't coming, something new is coming. Right. And to celebrate that and be excited about it. Yeah. It's okay to say fuck it and stay in bed, though. Yeah. I, you know. Totally is. And I... If you did that oh, seven days in a row, I might be like, hey, Kelly. Um, do we need to go <laughs> go get some groceries or call a friend or... <laughs> yeah. You know, something, but... No, and that we're really, you know, we're programmed from early on to not nourish ourselves in that way Mm -mm. definitely don't honor that you know it's selfish it's selfish and it's not productive and you got to get back on track you got to be tough and you whatever the deal is but it's okay to fall apart it's okay to drop your basket it's okay to just like crumble into bed Mm -hmm. and then what right you know then where do you want to go right it just makes you a better person what does having things experiencing adversity you know, yeah. in general, is what getting it thrashed mm-hmm. because it, it it conditions you to handle future adversity so much better. You know, you become so much more calm and just present and like okay with everything, and you know, it's all going to work out in the end. It changes your whole attitude about it. Um, comfort doesn't do that. Uh-uh. Comfort doesn't change anything or help you grow. Comfort's like having twenty two blankets on you at night. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't move, but it's okay. Well, and it all could change at any moment. Yes. You know, you could get dumped. Someone could die. You could get fired. Like, it's like all that shit is outside of you. All you have control over is, is you. What you're doing, how you respond to things, what how you're showing up in the world, the good that you're doing, the people that you influence. Just, just fucking just do that. Yeah. Just make that cooler. Just, yeah, just rise up a little and... Trauma is great. It, it really is. I've seen so much and lived through so much trauma, and I can almost always uh, trace that back and see the anchor of the place where my life shifted in a really dramatic way. Mm-hmm. You know, just really intense um, life lessons and, and mistakes or whatever. And you you look at the chapter after that, and it's pink and shiny and fun and exciting and you went somewhere new right it's fun to have that mindset too because like even now when something bad happens to us the first thing we think about is (laughs) i'm so excited to like figure out how i grow from this or like what's going to come of this you know like what good is going to happen from this even though you don't see it right away well i feel like if you're not dead things are going to get better it's not just going to keep yeah like it just doesn't work like that yeah I mean, unless you're a reclusive, you know, asshole loser, (laughs) but like, yeah, I've been listening uh, to several podcasts lately that are kind of of the thought that, you know, maybe this is a little too much right at this, at the moment, but you know, it's all in some way, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's all our creation. So 
even the events and the things that are coming into your life or coming into your lap really are have something to do with your resonance and have something to do with your your energy and the thoughts and where you're at in your life and so I don't know to like own that and have responsibility around that feels really good I don't love it actually there's part of me that resists that like no this shit's happening to me but ultimately for no reason yeah to empower yourself and create a relationship with that so that you are not having positive thinking, but that you're literally the creator of your world. Yeah. Well, and it is hard, right? Like, everybody can be like, oh, I manifested that when it's a cool thing. Sure. You know? But when it's a bad thing, they don't want to own it. They don't want to look at what they did, what their part in it was. and. But it's like you got to own everything. You have to own it all. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And even things like cancers, and that's going to push somebody's buttons, but I have had so many experiences with that, and heartbreaks, and, um, you know, bankruptcies, or whatever. You just have yeah. to have all of them. They're all your story. Yeah. There's no sense in not having that be included on the biography. Right. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's cute. It's great. It's messy. It's sloppy. It's fucked up. It's beautiful. Yeah. Still you. I think that's a nice note to end on. Yeah. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? I mean, sure, but... <laughs> For another day. Yeah. <laughs> Join us again. Right. <laughs> Join us next time. Um, of course, for our plug, Kelly is... Um, designing beautiful amazing retreats full of food and juice and body work and um life changing shit and her her website is kelly watkin oh no no it's soul shots soul shots soul shots dot net um which is actually not quite up yet but like it will be so fucking soon so you <laughs> just bookmark today, it and i'm doing that with my daughter which is the coolest thing yeah. ever my daughter tay and i are creating that business but that'll be launching in january and that's just one of the many wonderful things kelly lots of cranial and clarity and yeah um and chris and i design amazing websites so pay us money and we'll design you a website and it'll be so fun yeah and we have all kinds of other cool podcasts and blogs and books and at our website cockandcrow.com you guys got it going on <laughs> you got it going on <laughs> you do so uh all right cheers all right ching Cling. bye everybody <laughs>